I just want to do this simple exercise. Okay, if you have uh, uh, this uh, hand, if I say at the count of three, right? Can you just close it? You just try at the count of three. Uh, just close your hand. Okay, one, two, three. Clamp it, clench it. Okay. Let me ask you: uh, Which thumb is above which thumb? If your right thumb is above your left thumb, or your left thumb above your right thumb, can whichever thumb that is on top, can you type it out? Type it out. Is it left or is it right? Just just show me. You know how many of you right, left, left. Okay, left, uh, right for Benji. Right, right, right. Left. Okay, left and right. Okay, if you're a couple, one side is left, one side is right. That's oh, so many right, so many right. Okay, let me just share this with you. I according to some papers, it says that those that your right thumb is above your left thumb, usually you're a more logical person. You reason a lot, and you are a, a more structured person. Usually, if your left thumb is on top of your right thumb, you are a more emotional person. You are rich in your relationship. You are a little bit more sentimental, and I'm not too sure how accurate is that. Uh, and and uh, so far of all of all that, uh, um, you are more creative. Okay, those that left are on top. You are more creative. You are you are more sensitive, and you are a great people person. You know, you're a great people person. And, and then they say this, they say those that are the right thumb will usually work for the left thumb person. Now I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding, okay? <laughs> okay, so now I give you one more chance, right? If you were to just change it around, you have never experienced this before. Just now it was right on top of left or left on top of right. Can you just switch it intentionally to the other side? So switch it to the other side and, okay. If you are same as me, it's a little bit uncomfortable. It's a you didn't know that it's 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 not as comfortable. It's not as uh, the click is not there. The click is not there. So I, I want to tell you this: every time you come to church, this should be the feeling. This should be the feeling. You should be slightly uncomfortable. Why? Because change is not easy. Whether you are uh, a left thumb on top or right thumb on top. It requires us to change because uh, we are about others. We are about God and we are about people. And when you love people, it often inconvenience yourself just a little bit so that you can continuously grow. Amen. So I, I don't know. I don't know how uh, I, I have one class that actually have the two thumbs side by side. I, I thought that's really brilliant. But whichever it is, I want to tell you, if your left thumb is above your right thumb and when you change, it is inconvenient. I, I want to say this. When you hear the word of God, it should change you. It should not just inspire you. It should change you. It should not just uh, tickle you or entertain you. You should know that we are not perfect until Jesus comes back. So there are things that you and I, we need to learn to change if we say we love one another. If you if you if we love one another, there are things that should cause us a little bit awkward, um, but it's fine because church is not in a business of developing comfort. Church is in a business of developing character. Amen. You know, we, we are not here to develop your comfort. We are not, we are not in a business. We, want, we, we just want you to feel comfortable. We want you to feel strong. We want you to feel fervent. We want you to feel 
uh, that your character is being shaped more and more like Jesus Christ. So it is fine whenever you go to a church. Uh, it makes you a little bit uncomfortable because I know since I was young that when you are uncomfortable is when you grow. Sometimes dif difficult people are placed around you so that you can develop love, long-suffering, patience. I don't know, but it is always the only person that you can change in this life is yourself. Even God tried to inspire you by dying on a cross for you, but accepting him following him when he called the disciple to follow me you know at the end of the day the only person that we can change is ourselves the only person that can build your faith and your spirituality is yourself nobody else can build it for you nobody else can uh, worship on behalf of you nobody else can 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 uh, believe something for you you know, you build your own intimacy with God. You build your own relationship with God. Yes, of course, when you are young, our parents take care of us. When you are new in a church, your leaders will learn to take care of you, help you with your Bible study. But at the end of the day, your spiritual growth, your prayer life, your Bible reading, you should not wait until someone teach you because you should grow up from drinking milk to take solid food. Amen. So zealous you are growing, your responsibility is increasing as well. I pray this is not just uh, uh, church as a program, but church as a people. We are not just doing big programs. We are, we are growing big people, big people that can represent our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, let me just introduce myself. My name is Keith and this is my family photo that I want to show you. I'm married to an Indonesian uh, from Sumatra. Her name is Julie. Uh, we, we got married 14 years ago and she was only 22, 20, turning 23 years old. And we God bless us with three beautiful kids, Kira, Katie, and also KS. Okay, uh, Kira is already uh, 13 years old. Katie uh, is 10 and KS is six. Okay, so this is my family. Uh, everywhere I go, where whichever crowd that I preach to, I will introduce my family because they are, they, they are my pride, you know, that they are my greatest blessing that God has given me. So today, I just want to share with you a word uh, from the book of James. The title of my sermon, as it has shown there, is called Pure Joy, Pure Joy. You know, there's, there's um, a passage in the Bible that greatly touched me this season during the pandemic. I know things are not easy in India right now. I know the, the cases are skyrocketing. Uh, we've been praying for you guys um, in Malaysia. It is the same, the cases. That, it is actually sometimes not the, the amount of cases, but the uh, unpredictability, the uncertainty, the ups and the downs, the lockdown and the lifting that's causing a lot of people to lose their rhythm. One of the things that I learned in this pandemic is to keep my rhythm going. That's, that's the hardest thing to do because uh, you, once you start planning, your plan has to be cancelled. Once you cancel your plan, uh, it seems like you can start planning again. So, so that's the hard part. But one thing that I know the Lord is saying to all of us tonight is no matter what, do not lose your joy. Do not lose your joy. You remember what I said just now, the only person that you can change, change in this entire world is yourself. So I have learned that nobody can steal your joy away unless you choose to give it away. Nobody can steal your joy away unless you choose to give it away. That, that root driver can, can uh, drive past you being rude. You can still keep your joy. But if you let that driver offend you, you are giving your joy away. Uh, that brother, that sister, I have said something that is not too considerate. Yes, it is a challenge, but you choose to keep your joy because joy comes from within. Joy comes from your relationship with God. Joy comes from us 
knowing the Lord. Okay, so James, uh, in the book of James that I'm going to talk about today, James is known to be the brother of Jesus Christ. So when your brother thinks that you're a savior, I think you're really a savior because it is hardest to convince your family member sometimes that you are really uh, uh, someone. So when James took a long time to really believe that uh, Jesus, his own brother that he watched growing, uh, growing up, played together, uh, was the savior of the world. So when he wrote the book of James, he was writing to the believers in Jerusalem. And James uh, was, in fact, the head uh, or the part of the key eldership of the Jerusalem church since at the very beginning. So he is someone that is very influential, someone that is very powerful. And he wrote, um, maybe he wrote, he led the Jerusalem church for about 30 years, okay? About 30 years, he was like a senior pastor there, but they went through many persecution. To you just imagine for James, it is common for the people to be persecuted, went through hardship, and many of his friends got martyred, okay? Many of his friends got martyred. His own brother uh, was crucified as well. So they live in a very tough times. Why do I pick the book of James? I felt that it reflects uh, what we are going through in this season. Uh, things are really tough. So why he wrote the book of James? I just give you a little bit of context. You love the Bible, yes? If you love the Bible, just click the, the love the love button. Okay, you love the Bible, just click the love button. But but I, I, I like to give context, okay, about uh, why the book was written. Before, you know, I, I think Ninat or, or Benji would hurt uh, Baby Shark for 700 times, right? Or, uh, you know, you know, baby shark to 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 do to do to baby shark to to right. So um, before there was baby shark, my growing up days is not baby shark. It's the song called "If You Happy and You Know You." Clap your hands. You see, it's natural. If you happy and you know you, clap your hand. If you happy and you know you, clap your hands. If you happy and you know it, and you really want to show it, if you happy and you know you clap your hands. So James is writing a song. If you have faith and you know it, you will serve. If you happy, if you have faith, if you have faith and you know it, you will surely show it. James was writing a message that shows us that if you really have Jesus Christ, if you really have faith, I will see it in your deeds. I, 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 I can only say that, you know, guys in Jerusalem, like if you, if you really know, if you really know that Jesus Christ lives in you, uh, James is trying to say you will live bigger than your situation. You will live bigger than your environment. You will live bigger than your persecution because you will surely show it. So if you read the entire theme of James, James was the one that said faith without action is dead. He said that no uh, true and undefiled religion is those who care for the widows and the orphans. James was the one repeatedly say that your faith should be lived out so that the world can see that Jesus Christ lived through you. And one of the ways that people see that your faith is real is when you have joy in tough times. So let me just read to you. James chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 4. Is everyone still all right? The speed is okay. Sound is okay. Everyone? Yes? Thanks, Ash. You, I, 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 I was worshipping. I was looking at Ash worshipping and I just felt so encouraged. And I, I love you, brother. You really encourage other people to worship together. It's not easy to worship through Zoom. 
but I was very blessed by you. Okay, James chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 5, it says, Consider it pure joy, pure joy, pure joy. Many brothers and my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, it is not considered pure joy when you finally get your Grammy Award. Consider it pure joy when you finally get your Oscar or your Academy Award. No, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials, not of one kind, but of many kinds. So this pandemic must be one of the kind of trials that we are facing as believers because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. One of the things that we need to ask ourselves through this pandemic is our perseverance uh, growing or not. Uh, are we producing perseverance? This is one question that you can ask yourself before you go to bed tonight. Ask yourself, are you nearing giving up or are you actually becoming stronger? Are you becoming more persevering? Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Hey, that means in order for us to be mature and to be complete, not lacking anything, which is the state that I want, which is the state I believe that you want. Mature, complete, not lacking. How many of you want that? Mature, complete, and not lacking. I want that. I want that. I want that. But the Bible says, James says that you need to have perseverance in order for you to have that. If any of you lacks wisdom, James say, you know, you might be clueless. God, how can I be complete? How can I be mature? How can I lack nothing? How can I continue to persevere? The Bible says that if you lack wisdom, you don't understand how. You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. It will be given to you. So I want to share with you what is pure joy? It starts from me asking you this question, everybody. How are you spiritually right now? How are you spiritually right now? You can write down, I know many of you are actually taking down notes. You can just do a remark there. If I ask you, how are you spiritually right now from zero to 10, where would you mark yourself? Where would you mark yourself? Would it be a five over 10? Would it be a seven over 10? Would it be a 10 over 10? Or will it be a 3 over 10 or 2 over 10? How are you spiritually right now? I'm not talking about how are you busy uh, uh, serving right now. I'm talking how, I, I'm asking how are you spiritually right now? You know, uh, Mamta say it's 5 or probably lower. Ash say it's 5. You know, oh, thanks for being so honest. You no, know, 5, some, some is 6. Uh, Benji is 4. You guys are brilliant. You guys are amazing. I love the vulnerability that is shown here, four and five. You see, whenever someone is on a spiritual uh, healthiness, one of the signs that you can see besides gratitude is joy. One of the signs, it is not things going your way. Spirituality has nothing to do with things going your way. Spirituality has nothing to do with things going your way. In fact, in a Bible that I read, the, the, the tougher the situation was, the closer they were to God. You know, the tougher the challenges, where maybe Abraham, maybe Noah, maybe Moses, it was hard going, maybe David, you know, their spiritual level goes skyrocket because it was tough. Uh, tell, tell me about, you know, others like Elijah, like Elisha. It was tough. There were persecution going on. Jeremiah, you know, even Jonah. It was tough. But our spirituality has got to do with our intimacy with God. 
and our intimacy with God will be shown, like the book of James, will be shown when this person has gratitude, when this person has joy. And what James has called it, it's pure joy. Pure joy. I know it is tough. I am like you. I miss the traveling. I miss the, I miss the freedom that I used to have. I used to travel about 28 to 30 trips a year outside of uh, my city. And I go out and I love, I love my friends everywhere and I went preaching. But this time around, I'm confined just like any one of you. But one thing that I want to say is this, whether it is a lockdown or not, my intimacy with God should not be compromised. My relationship with God should not be compromised because I don't have to go to Jerusalem to worship him. I don't have to go to a temple somewhere to worship him. He is here right now with me. My Bible did not run faster than ever before. My Bible is still there for me. My Bible did not go level two, level three. My Bible is still the same Bible that I started my faith on. So I know for sure that one thing is, something is wrong about me in the pandemic when I lose all my joy and I got anxious. It was when I lose my rhythm to do my devotion. I lose my rhythm to really understand the word of God. I lose my rhythm in worship. Do you know a lot of people say, oh, I, I, um, one of the things that people like to ask me when I'm doing coaching, when I'm doing corporate coaching or business coaching or even in church, uh, the young people like to ask me, how do you find your purpose? How do you find your purpose in life? You know, I, I seem to have a lot of things to do, but I don't know my purpose in life. I want to tell you the best place to find your purpose in life is to know why you're created. And a lot of people say, oh, am I created to be an artist? Am I created to be a pastor or a missionary or a businessman or an IT person? Am I created for this? I want to say this. This is secondary. Today, listen to me carefully. You are first created to worship God. You are first created to worship God. Out of that worship will flow your giftings. Out of your worship, you will find your destiny. So if you lose your rhythm, if you can't find your purpose this season, start with worshiping, not, not, not trying not trying to just compare or complain, and not trying to just find more things to do. Um, settle down your hearts, worship God. Your purpose will flow from the inside of you like a spring rather than from outside because God has not made a mistake when he created you from the seed, okay? So, so imagine a, a mango seed will not suddenly say, oh, am I, am I a mango or am I an durian or am I a... Am I, am I, am I a uh, papaya. No, the mango seed will know it's a mango. It's a mango. The fruit will come. So, so that's how you are created. You are a child of God. You are created a special way. So when you plugged in, when you find your creator, when you find your, when you find your father in heaven, your purpose will flow throughout. Trust me. Too many people go for too many smart talks and too many books and too many steps, but they don't do the basics, right? The foundation is that you must be plugged in. You must start from why you're created because God don't need us to work. The, the day that he created us on the sixth day, everything was complete. Everything was completed. In fact, the first day that the, the first 24 hours that I would believe that Adam was introduced to was a Sabbath. You know, the first 24 hours that Adam was introduced to was a Sabbath, which was a rest day. Clearly, God is saying, hey, Adam, I don't need you. You get what I mean? I don't need you to help me create anything. So God wants to have communion with us. God wants to have relationship with us. God wants to, 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 to be connected with us. Are you all with me? So far, so good. So 
One thing for sure, I realize uh, when you lose your joy, it is not because of the hardship uh, just outside, but it is because of your personal devotion with God. Maybe you can relate to me when I say, well, things are just hard going. I'm just trying to make things right. Let's look at James chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 4. One more time, our main text, okay? James chapter 2. James chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 5, it says, consider it pure joy. That means, right, if you read it now, I give you the context already, you read it now. James was actually putting up an offer and say, hey, zealous, consider it. That means you need to make a decision. That means the ball is in your court. James is trying to say, why not you treat it like a pure joy when you go through hardships? He said, how? Then I will say, at the end of the day, it is still your choice of how you look at things. It has to do with your perspective. It has to do with your perspective. I will share a little bit le uh, deeper later. I, but I, I want to say this. Some people tell me, I'm, I'm just trying not to get too upset, not to, to get too discouraged. I'm just trying to get, get going, to just survive. Surviving is tough enough. How can I still have joy? You know, in verse 12, uh, James said this. In chapter 1, verse 12, he said, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So James again said, blessed is the one who perseveres. Blessed is the one who perseveres. Having stood the test, that the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I, I just want to ask, uh, maybe especially to the boys, okay, especially to the boys in this room, how many of you, you can't wait uh, in India, at what, what age do you get your driver's license? Ninat, at what age do you get your driver's license? 16 and then 18. 16 and then 18. 16 yeah. and then 18. How many of you, you thought of the day you can drive as a boy or as a girl, like, man, it's like, I'm finally growing up. I'm finally growing up. Like, but, but you see, you, you need to go to the test as well. You, you need to go through the exam. And sometimes your, your instructor is uh, not the nicest person, am I right? Am I right? But that kind of excitement, though you go through certain trials, though you might have certain embarrassment that you might not pass the exam or whatever, I don't know. Though you, you might be thinking on the road, things could get rough or things could get uh, messy. But you have that kind of feeling, that joy that, hey, when I get that license, that's it. When I when my, my when my when my feet can step on the accelerator and my when my hands are on the wheels, you know, it's a proud moment. It's a proud moment. So that kind of feeling is like, what did you do? You enroll for a test. You enroll for a lesson. You enroll. I want to say for your trial. You enroll for your trial. And that kind of joy. How is it possible? But to a lot of people, why is it possible? It's because you know you will receive the crown of life, the driver's license, the crown of life. That means 
the things that you are going through, if you really understand what God is going to give you at the end of the day, you will have the crown of life. It is like you going to take a driver's license as well. I don't know how is it like in India, but over in Malaysia, it's a big deal that you need to pass the theory first before you pass the practical one. So it's it's often uh, nervous, nerve-wracking and not easy. And a lot of times it depends on the instructor. Some instructors are just tough. But, but I, I, I want to say this. That's the attitude that we should have when things are getting tough and say, God, I know when I pass this, I will get my license. I, I, will, I will get the crown of life. I will do higher stuff for you, God. I will do better things for you, God. I will represent you in a better way. So I, I just want to say this. Consider it pure joy when you go through trial because you know when you pass it, it is not just the glory for yourself, but it is the glory for God. You will be a greater blessing. Okay, so I want to share the same the same, uh, 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 in the same era, another disciple that's very close to Jesus, his name is Peter. And Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, actually in verse 1, in verse 1, it says this. In, in, in verse 1, if you look at the greetings, right, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Christ Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. So what Peter started the letter in, right, was to say, who was he writing to? He was writing to those that the elected exiles. No, so what what's what does exile mean? That means those that are going through hardship again. So, so Peter was trying to encourage those people that was chased away, that was dispersed to the ends of the earth, going through persecution. And then in the same manner, right? If you look at verse 7 in the message translation, it says this, pure gold put in fire comes out of it, proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proof genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your goal, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory, of his victory. So you see, the beautiful thing is when Jesus wraps this all up, it is your faith, not your goal, that will give God the glory. It is your faith and not your goal that will be the evidence that Jesus truly is alive in you and me. So it's, it's the same tone that I'm just trying to say. They are going through hardship, but God wants you to not be just like a clay or a wood. God wants you to be like gold, but you have to go through fire. So around uh, 2015, um, February, February 2015, uh, I was greeted with uh, um, a news, uh, a beautiful news that my son, uh, KS, my, my, my wife is pregnant in our third pregnancy. And I, I don't know if I share fully of the whole story before, but what happened was that at 12 to 13 weeks, um, because 
we had Kira and Katie, so we, we kind of think that, you know, we are experienced with this. So the third one, we actually did just the pregnancy test and we were quite a champ and did not do much after that. Um, we were quite relaxed. We say, ha, huh, we have got it. We, we, we got it. Um, no worries. But at 12 weeks, you know, when it is time, so I, I save up a few consultation until 12 weeks when I can see my usual gynae. They, she greeted us with a big smile and said, hey, good to see you guys back again. But just moments into the conversation during the ultrasound scan, we realized that there's something wrong with my baby. Okay, um, it's called omphalocele. So what happened was that I have an abnormal baby. Um, and, and what happened was that immediately they refer me to, it's a birth, de, a, a potential birth defect. They refer me to another specialist that's, higher even than uh, this first gynae that I go through. Um, and, and it was confirmed through this, um, Dr. Shani Hu, who is from um, KPJ Damansara Specialist Hospital, had been in UK for 20 years, has a master's in ultrasound scan. She is a specialist in mass. Uh, uh, so she showed us from a textbook that baby will look like that and what, this, this is not the worst. The worst is that I just want to share what I went through at that time. Doctor said to me and my wife, you all listen to me carefully. He said, she said, she said that um, if I am you, I would just abort it. If I am you, I would just abort it. And we were shocked. We were really shocked. And we said, why? He said, uh, chances of survival is very low. And usually amphalocele means that it's another uh, girl. The chances of it being a boy is extremely low. And uh, since you are still young, I uh, spoke to my wife, I think it is good to just drop it and then try again. And we say, um, but uh, what other options do we have? They said, if you start uh, leaving my clinic today, you start Googling, you will find a lot of information. But I want to say that those that made it, uh, the chances of survival is very low. So she vividly explained to us those moments. It's like slow mo. Every word that she said, I remember. She said that you must understand this. When the intestine is developed outside the body, there will be a big void in the baby's uh, 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 body. So the heart, the location of the heart will drop significantly down to the stomach, and a lot of the other organs will go all jumble up. So in order to correct all these uh, position of the organs, it will take at least a year for the baby to stay in a hospital and it is extremely expensive. And many of them didn't live past the first year. So it was horrible news. And then, and then uh, Dr. Shani said, I just want you to consider this. I have been in this line for a long time. Many of you as parents, you make decision because you love the kid. But I want to say this, it is going to be unfair for your elder uh, daughter or the two daughters that you have because they don't make this decision. If you choose to keep this baby, one day when you die, they are going to take care of that baby. If this baby has Down syndrome or anything else, it shook us to our core because we said, okay, we are Christian, maybe we can keep this and uh, we, we give our best. But when Dr. Shani said that, you know, you make decision like that, when imagine one day when your daughters are married and they have to bring along this younger one and it will affect their whole entire life. You guys are too selfish. We were shocked and we thought maybe we shouldn't tell anybody. We should just secretly uh, uh, abort it. And it was a hard time. But um, the moment that we decided to keep it, 
and we prayed to God, a miracle happened just in, uh, so, so, so that was Good Friday of 2015. By Monday after Easter Sunday, we decided, we held hand in church, we decided um, to trust God. The whole condition was healed by God. It was a miracle. You see the bulge, it's gone. Praise be to God. Uh, this is another doctor, another specialist. It is it's all signs. The whole bulge was gone. It's amazing. But I want to say this. Why am I sharing with you this? It is because, it is because for the next, um, for the next 30 weeks, for the next um, 27, 28 weeks, it was difficult for us. Because we don't, we don't know. We don't know. God, is it real? Is he really okay? And it turns out it's not a girl, it's a boy. Is it okay? Ah, have you really healed him? Is he going to be normal? Yes, the bulge is gone. Is he going to be Down syndrome? Is he going to be abnormal? We don't know what to think. We don't know. It was a very dark moment for Julie and I for, 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 for a long time. But then, praise be to God, uh, um, you saw my... You saw my family photo just now. My boy cares. It's healthy. Uh, this is how he looks like now. Um, uh, just from starting a few months to one recent one. So, so he grew up just fine, guys. He grew up just fine. And he is a walking miracle. He reminds me again and again every day that God's grace is upon my family. I am so glad that I did not make a decision to abort him. If I were to, you won't see these photos at all. You won't see this photo. But I want to say it, it's easy for me to share this, but it is not easy for me to go through it at all. I, I don't know how to tell you. It was very, very difficult nine months of pregnancy for Julie and I because we were shook to our call. And we felt when Dr. Shani opened up the textbook on the chapter on Omphalosil and read out all the stats and read out all the symptoms and read out all the possibilities, I, I felt it was like a death sentence. The devil was reading a death sentence upon our lives. It was just dark. But praise be to God, you know, God healed him and it was a great miracle. But I want to say, every change in your situation push you to become better or a worse person. Every change in your situation push you to become a better or a worse person. Every change in your situation, whether it is a lockdown, cases are getting worse, or uh, it is a, a, a lifted of the lockdown and cases are dropping, it presents a situation there, a chance for you to ask, am I going to get better or am I going to get worse? So, so I'm so thankful that I was taught when I was young to look at things from the perspective of God. Surely God is in control. Surely God has a reason. Surely God is not losing his plot. Surely God is not losing the plot. Surely God is still in my life. So all of us would have heard of this common uh, passage that um, many people would quote is Romans 8.28. And we know that all in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So again, a lot of these letters, I want you to know whether it's Peter, it's James, or it's Paul. A lot of them are written when they were in prison or when they go through hard, big persecution. They were probably um, any moment, you know, in Romans, right? One of the last letters of Paul. Any moment, they he would have been beheaded by Nero. You know, this is already the third mission trip that uh, Paul is going through. He's probably of age now, and he probably is a really frail now. But he said, he said, uh, this presents a chance for him 
to still serve God, for him to die is gain, to live is for Christ. So what he said just now is in all things, Romans 8, 28. Uh, Justin, you can just put that verse up there. It says in all things, okay, in all things. It means all things, all. And we know that in all things, whether it is good or bad, all means all, all means all, all things. We know that God is in control. So perspective-wise, how do we choose to see the perspective of God? I, I wonder if you have um, uh, in, in India, I, I, I don't know, maybe Amazon is a lot more efficient in uh, India. You, you tend to get parcel nowadays with lockdowns, right? You buy uh, online shopping or things like that. So can you all see I'm holding like a, a, a little parcel here? You know? so, so what happened is that you get a parcel sent to your doorstep. And imagine this parcel is from uh, God, okay? God sent you a parcel, you take it. And then the excitement of opening a parcel, I think sometimes when you open up, hey, it's exactly what you want. This is exactly what you're praying for, the job that you want, the wife or the husband that you want, the, the blessing that you want, the healing that you want. And it, eventually you will say, oh, this gift is actually uh, given by God. So it's a blessing. So I will categorize this gift as God sent. It's a God sent gift. It's a God sent gift. Okay. So, so what happened is that many, many of us will pray. We'll pray and we'll say, God, thank you so much for sending this blessing into my life, uh, sending this baby, sending my beautiful wife to me. It's God sent. But sometimes you get another parcel. Okay. And it's also from God. It's from God. And sometimes when you open it up, it, it presents as a, a trial a trial in your life and a trial that means there's pandemic you can't breathe properly uh, things are difficult and then you will say god it is not it is not really a blessing it's a trial but you categorize this as god used god used okay so these two words you learn today everything in your life you can be thankful when you categorize it properly if it is a tough time, you say God is using it. If it is a good time, you say God is sending it. Then you can see what Paul is trying to say. For I know that in all things, you know, I can give thanks to God. And Paul did not say, I give thanks to God for something. He said in all things. So it is whether it is God sent, it is God used, it is still by God. So what is the difference then? It is our response and our reaction. It is our response and our reaction. So I want to say this. If you are going through a difficult time, even today, this evening, when you are listening to me, I want to say God is asking for your attention. C.S. Lewis says this, we can ignore pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks into our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a death roll. So sometimes when we are going through hardship, know that God is calling us to take our faith seriously, to understand that this is how God used it to shape our faith. Don't worry. You know, God is with you in this storm. God is with you in this storm, okay? God is not just a God after the storm. God is a God before the storm, in the storm, and after the storm as well. So hold on to Him. I don't hold on to Him. In the right time, the storm will come down. So God values, a lot of times, I want to say this, God values mountain-moving faith. Yeah, speak to this mountain and it shall be cast into the sea. Um, 
I say to you, be healed, stretch out your hand. And you, you, you know, the, the guy with the withered hand and say, stretch out your hand and then God healed him. If you believe Talita Kum, uh, raised from the dead or Lazarus come out from the tomb, mountain moving faith, amazing. But also I want to say the Bible also values persevering faith. So it is not just about mountain moving faith. Sometimes things are not happening as you pray. Things are not smooth as you pray. It's another kind of faith that James is talking about. In the entire book of James, it is not a lot of mountain moving faith, but instead it is our persevering faith. So persevering faith will develop pure joy in our lives. Why do I say joy again? It is because persevering faith brings pure joy and joy is the fruit of the spirit. You know, zealous, I just want to say, we don't choose the trials that we go through often, but we choose the response to the trials that we are going through. We don't choose the trials that we go through, but we choose the response to these trials. You know, so be like James, consider it pure joy. Be like James to say, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You and I, we have the choice. You and I, we have the choice inside of us from the day of Eden. The most precious gift that God has given us is the ability to always choose our response. Amen. So what is this pure joy? This pure joy comes from us having faith in a faithful God. Faith in a faithful God. If you want to have faith, you need to, if you want to have joy, sorry, you need to have faith in a faithful God. If you don't remain faithful, you'll be like King Saul. You get jealous, you get distracted, you put your own downfall. But if you have faith in this faithful God, you'll be like King David. You know, you'll be like King David. Is the, the, the author, uh, God put them side by side to just show you the contrast between the two of them. One was consumed by envies and jealousy, but one was consumed by God. So was Saul's life easier than David's life? No. Was David's life easier than Saul's life? No. They all went through their trials as well. They both went through their trials, but one emerged as a man after God's own heart. You know, I, I have an entire series, entire sermon series just on the life of David. But one thing that's very, very clear, you know, he was persecuted by his own spiritual father, Saul, who's supposed to be his mentor. He was forgotten by his own father. He went through so many hardships, you know, and, and, and one time when he, the, the, the rejects of the society in Ziklag, where when he was in Adullam, he attracted all the rejects of the society, those that are, those that are, can't make it, can't make it in life, joined him and he developed them to be David's mighty man. What happened was that one day when the, the wives was being attacked, you know, uh, even, even his closest people wants to stone him to death. And it shows me the heart of David when he said in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it says, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. These people are the closest one, the people that went with to battle with him because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. 
David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I want to say this sometimes. You just need to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Have faith in this faithful God. You know, Zealous is a great community. You know, Collective is a great community. But our faith is built upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the everlasting word, rather than activities, programs, or just a simple human mixed structure. We come together to bring out the best of each other. We come to collaborate so that the gospel can be preached. We, we try our best to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission. But at the end of the day, what will keep us going, what will make your faith, persevering faith, is that you look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Can I have an amen? Can you type amen over there after I speak for so long without stop? Um, just type amen if you, if you get something. I just want you to know that God is not just looking for mountain-moving faith. God is looking for persevering faith tonight. So what has persevering faith got to do with pure joy? Because joy comes from the inside out and joy comes after the darkness is over, I want to say this. God is still on the throne. Amen. Amen, everybody. So I just want to encourage all of you. I know it's difficult over there. It's not easy. I am not too sure exactly what's your situation. But before I close, I just want to pray for all of you. I want to say God will come true for you in Jesus' name. God will come true for you as long as you do not lose heart. I want to read one last time, James chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 5. And let's just, you know, you didn't turn on your mic, but let's read it together one more time, Justin. James chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 5, our main text. One, two, go. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.